Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Aspire and Inquire. Today, as always, we have another amazing guest on the show. Today, we have Dr. Pat Ballone. Uh, Dr. Ballone, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I'm very, very happy to be here and share time with you. Very excited to have you on and learn a ton from you. There's definitely a lot to learn. Um, so to provide a brief introduction about you, you have a very interesting and well-rounded background. So you're a certified functional medicine practitioner, a coach, chiropractor, acupuncturist, speaker, and author. So you've helped tens of thousands of people over the last 35 years uh, to stop adapting their lifestyle to pain and, and chronic problems by focusing on the whole person to be able to solve those pains live a better life. So really, really interesting stuff we're going to unearth today. I'm very excited to speak with you. Thank you so much. Of course. And regarding a, an expanded introduction, is there anything else that you'd like to say regarding introducing yourself? Well, I think what's important for people to know is a lot of people treat signs and symptoms, which I call Grim Reaper Syndrome. And the, the point is to really go and ask yourself why and what's the cause of a problem for the root and identify the starting point of what to do with that and not be overwhelmed by the knowledge or the information that is there. So what I help people do is I find the what, the why, the how, and where to begin that health journey so that they live longer, better, and healthier. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a great introduction. And it's, those are probably the most important questions. I mean, the what, why and how, especially when it comes to the body and aging, things I know nothing about, but that's why we have you on the show today, which is great. Yeah, for sure. You know, a lot of people have symptoms and they ignore them. And when they ignore them, you know, they'll ask, they have a tendency to ask their family, their friends, hey, I have this going on. You know, like it seems like, you know, I've gained weight recently. Oh, don't worry. That happened to me when I was 40 also. It, you know, just like sometimes it's just like, you know, it's what happens when you get old. And so when doctors say that to patients, then patients tell me that their doctor said that, it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up because I think, you know, if, if you know what the, where the issues are at, then you can funnel and focus on what the real problem is and, and start to, yes, take care of the signs and symptoms, but you have to take care of what's going on underneath and what's lurking below the surface, you know, so that it, when, you, when you have a, a problem later on, you're thinking like, well, how did that happen? Well, it happened over a long period of time is what happened. And it happened by making poor lifestyle choices and the such. And sometimes it's genetic, but if you have the genetics and you do the poor lifestyle choices, it's like putting, you know, kerosene on a fire, <laughs> throwing the match on it, right? Right, right, absolutely. That's fascinating. That's so interesting. You're right. So many people are just like, yeah, that's just what happens, and everyone just kind of goes with it. But that's mm -hmm. not how life should be lived, and it seems like that's what you've solved. Um, and so I think a really interesting place to start would be to ask you, what does being healthy mean to you, and what is being sick as well? Well, you have to understand the reasons why people get sick in the first place. And so this is like, this is for me also. I don't kind of take myself out of the basket. Um, and 
if you know there's things that make people sick because you weren't born thinking a little kid think like oh when I grow up you know I hope that you know it but you, you all your hopes and dreams are not about being sick and not about being the burden on other people and yourself right so the three things specifically that make people sick are trauma toxins and thoughts so trauma as things like um, bumps, scrapes, being born. Nine out of ten people have some type of cervical injury from the time that they're born that never gets taken care of unless they have chiropractic care or osteopathic care. And so that's really important because the, if structure is function, and it is, then you know having strong bones and strong joints and ligaments to support that is really important when you start having inflammation there it's just something that is festering over years and years and years and then people look at their x-rays and they're like well how did that happen doc you know and you've got to take a look at like well what else happened besides birth you know car accidents falls off bikes falls out of trees you know tripping you know, going up steps, down steps, whatever. You know, there's a, there's a ton of things that happen with people um, that they just like get up and keep on moving. But the thing is, is that we've all seen someone who's really quite old. And the person who's quite old is not standing up straight anymore. Their shoulders are a little bit more round and their head's forward. And it's almost like their head's projectiling in, in a certain path. But what's happened is over all these years, they kept on creating a new normal so that became their new normal at some point in time, and no one noticed it because they were very, very minute. And then there's toxins. Toxins are pretty prevalent. You know, they're from chemtrails, you know, in the sky to the foods that you eat, the air that you breathe, the water that you drink, the cleaning products that you use in a house. You know, a lot of them are drinking water out of a plastic bottle. You know, and using plastic to heat food in. Those things are infiltrating the foods that you eat and they get in your body and then they're hormonal disruptors. And so you see a larger incidence of breast cancer in men and women. And you see other chronic illnesses and diseases that relate to having all those poor, you know, those, that influence in your life. Um, and so like, you know, drinking Coca-Cola, for instance, the average 12 ounce can of Coke has, I think, 22 teaspoons of sugar in it. No one eats that. And if you look at fruit, fruit, I'm not a big fruit fan. I think you should eat fruit. I don't think you should eat all fruit. And if you're sick and have a um, more, uh, they, they specifically say when someone has cancer to stay away from fruits because fruits are like pouring gasoline on the fire, you know, because cancer has, is a big inflammatory process, you know, and then our thoughts cannot do anything that you do and get in handling traumas and getting them straightened out and having good biomechanics and good structure function. And they can undo anything that you do in the um, toxic realm because people, their thoughts govern their stomach. You know, your heart, the Chinese medicine says um, the, um, the heart houses the mind. Yeah, and so if it does, you know, like, you know, if you're upset and you try to eat, your stomach hurts. Or you just don't digest your food. Or you're bloated after you eat. You know, that type of thing. But if you keep on thinking these thoughts over and over and over again, especially women, you know, because women, men, you ask men, how are you doing? Right? So I can say, Ben, how are you doing? And you're going to say, fine. You could have a headache, and you're going to tell me, fine. 
you know, but a lot of, you know, women would say like, oh, I've got a headache. I've got to do this. The kids are screaming. The, you know, and they have a list. And we do that naturally. And we care about everybody. So we take on a lot more than, you know, what is perhaps our share, so to speak. But it's just, it's just different. Women have that more of a higher stress level um, in dealing with things and, and thinking about them. And they will talk about it over and over and over again. Every man knows that I know that that's true, that's listening to this right now. It's like when women talk, it's like we don't need to have somebody say, you know, to fix it for us. We just need to have somebody say, I hear you, I understand. And they'll cut the conversation in like 50% of the time. Sorry, women. Um, but it's true. So, you know, the thought part of it, those, th those three pieces together can really alter how somebody experiences their life and what they thought their life was going to be or should be. Trauma, toxin, and thought, the three T's. I love the cross-section between the Western and Eastern medicine. We had another doctor on earlier in, in the show. And it seems the cross-section between the two, I'd say very different types of practitioning, using both has a massive impact on solving many of these pains and sickness, as, as you say, which is really interesting. Well, one of the things that when you talk about Western medicine, Eastern medicine, and um, like lifestyle medicine or functional medicine is that when you're looking at putting the pieces of the puzzle together, what pieces do you look for first? You look for the edge. And if you get the edge, and then you can pay attention to like what's that next piece of puzzle that fits in, it's what, and because I've had that education in all three, then what's the cool part is like you could say like, oh, that makes so much sense. I can remember one of my uh, teachers in Chinese medicine explaining something, and I never really understood it as a chiropractor. I knew it worked, but I didn't understand why. When he explained it in Chinese, why this happens in a certain place of the body, it was like, oh my God, no wonder. You know, and so it, it was just, it's a really great, it was a great way to like piece those things together and also gives you another tool for solving the complexity and the challenging parts of health. You know, everyone wants those things handled as quick as possible in a better way. And what happens is, is if you don't have that better way, you just think you're stuck. It's my gene pool. It's my family. But not everybody in your family probably has the same thing. It just depends on how your genes are reacting to the environment. That is very interesting. And you, you spoke on a tool and a tool for many of your clients and these thousands of people that you've helped is your book. So I'd love to transition to talking about your book. When we first spoke, I, I absolutely love the title. Why are you sick, fat, and tired? I, I love it. It's, it's straight to the point, not glossing over anything. And if someone is, is a target market of this book, it should draw their attention. So what made you decide to write this book? Well, um, first, let me explain a little bit about the title, and I'll jump right into that. Um, I had somebody in my business group say to me that she wasn't sick, fat, or tired. So if you want to know if you belong to this group, and this is a book for you, what you have to understand is that everyone knows that they're tired. 
and you basically know if you're fat. You can tell by how your clothes fit you, but you can have body composition fat where it's called V, as in Victor, AT fat, which is fat around the organs, which is not great, especially if it's a high number. You're supposed to have it there, but it's not in high numbers. And then a lot of people just don't know if they're sick. So being, you know, sick is that, like, I'm not throwing up in the toilet sick. I'm throwing, it looks like I am, like, not feeling well, and I haven't felt well for, you know, quite a while. And so um, when I, and the reason why I ended up with this book is because I used to give my, uh, the survey, I have a survey in this book, and um, in that form, the original form, um, people would leave sections empty. And so I would ask them, you know, you didn't answer this. I got to have this answered in order for me to really take a look at what's, you know, going on with you. And they go, well, I don't understand what it meant. And I, to me, I was thinking, really? And I had to go back and look at it. I said, well, let me phrase it this way for you. And I did that so many times. And then I was walking around Boston, and I was thinking to myself one day, wow, there are so many people who are sick walking around here. They had, you know, color, like their coloring for their face was off and they looked really angry and their shoulders were up. I mean, it, it was just, and I started putting that chew and chew together. So I took my questions, I wrote them in street language that even an 11 year old can understand because an 11 year old edited my book, um, not the final edition, but just for what words do I not understand and, and we made them so that he could understand what they were. And it gave people an opportunity to answer it in total so that they could understand what they were looking at. They also have um, a chart that charts out their organ systems. For each sex, there's 11 organ systems. And they have to work together like a Swiss watch. And if they don't, one starts to become sluggish. We all know when we have a flat tire, sure, that's the, that's the diagnosis. But when you're having the flat tire and the, or the tire is getting low and you're putting air in it again and again and again, you're not fixing the problem. You're not fixing the root cause. You're fixing the car for the moment and the symptom. And I just wanted people to really get, like, if you knew what was going on with you and you had the opportunity to do something to help yourself before you were in crisis, you know, those were all my motivating factors to really do, you know, to help people out and, and to just, you know, it, they don't have to work with me. They can work with um, somebody who understands that, though. It's not every doctor you go to is going to say, like, oh, yeah, I get it. And, it, and that's not going to necessarily happen. You have to have someone who's really trained in functional and lifestyle medicine to get where that the wheel, the cog wheel in the um, the Swiss watch isn't working and know what to do about it. Cause it's one thing to find it. You got to know what to do with it. And that's such a great way to approach it. One of the things that I find so interesting in, in society is we don't really change things unless they break. Why don't fix it if it's not broken? So mm -hmm. like that one's really interesting to me. And I I've always disagreed with it. If, if you can find a better potential or stop something from happening, might as well do it. And that's exactly what it seems you're doing here, which is really interesting. And I think that's probably the way to get people from not becoming sick. So that's a great methodology. I love that. Well, even if they have like a genetic weak disposition, you know, you can see that what the book tells you is the book tells you where your health is at the given moment. So it's a great book to have in paper form because it's, you know, you can, you can see it. It's on your shelf. 
And so on New Year's Day, when you're trying to figure out what the heck to do about your health because another year has passed and you didn't do anything, and if you do nothing, nothing changes. So make it so that, you know, like you can go into each year going, okay, so where am I at? Where do I got to go? And what's my best venue to get there? And there might be years that you don't have anything going on at all. And other years, you're kind of like, oh, you know what? I've been feeling like that for a long time. You know, a, a gentleman that I know and doctor uh, told me that when he read this book, before he gave me an, an endorsement, he said to me, you know, before I had uh, this major health crisis, I didn't have any of these symptoms, but I have all of them now. Mm. And so I said, I, you know, and, and he said, I don't think you've missed anything. And, you know, and it's, it's, I just think it's so important to not put the cart before the horse. And if you're not feeling well, so go back to basics. That's what a doctor is going to do anyway, no matter if they're a medical doctor, whether or not they might not go back to basics right away if you go into a Western medicine office because they're going to want to do a lot of tests. But you've got to go back to basics to know what you got that you're working with so you know how far you can go on that and you have to be able to replenish your bank. And if you don't have anything in your bank, it's going to be a harder chore. Spilling some of your secrets might be kind of interesting. But before we get into that, a cool question would be, why are Americans sick, fat, and tired? Well, you know, if you want my personal opinion, um, I think that a lot of Americans have um, got lazy. And when you get lazy, you make mistakes. It's like when you, and it's just like, so instead of, they push and push and push and push until they break. And then they say, oh my God. Um, women, for instance, take care of everybody else except themselves. And so they don't eat well, they don't sleep well a lot of times. They're thinking about like, you know, my relationship, my kids. And, you know, they would, you know, of course drop whatever it is in a nanosecond if one of those people who they dearly love something happened with. But they do it all the time and every day. And there's no fire siren going off. Um, and so a lot of times those women, you know, end up on a, on a day without taking, you know, still not doing self-care. They feel very depleted, if not depleted in the afternoon and want to take a nap when the kids take a nap. Then, so, you know, self-care is one of my hacks for women and how to get into the mindset of like really channeling out what you need to do in a daytime in order to get the things done and still have time for yourself, whether it's a kind-hearted man or a woman, you know, in any type of any level of business. A health hack that, you know, I like a lot, um, and it's easy because if you travel a lot, you can, it's something that you can put in your suitcase very easily. And um, that's activated charcoal that's organic from a coconut base. And so if you're out someplace and you're eating food that you don't normally eat, you can take the charcoal before you go to sleep. If you're starting to not feel good and you're kind of getting runny nose, aches, pains, you can start taking charcoal and you can pulse it. Pulsing is like you take it at three o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock, nine o'clock, for example, and you take you know three or four of those pills in succession. Take a hot bath, go to sleep, sweat it out. A lot of times people feel 150% better when they wake up in the morning. That's a, that's a big thing, especially in this day and time. They can, you know, do things like, you mentioned something that I said on another podcast, water. Hydration is so huge. So many people are dehydrated. And um, a way to really uptake the 
help and support for your body is to put lemon juice in and make the water cloudy enough so that, you know, when you taste it, almost makes you want to pucker. That, that's a really good one. Um, I saw a bicyclist today who told me he biked um, 80 miles two days ago. And um, I asked him how many bottles of water he drank. And he told me he drank 11 16-ounce bottles on that bike trip. But he said what's interesting that happens is that at some point in time, you're no longer thirsty. And I said, you should put lemon juice in it. And because lemon juice is very cool. Lemon juice um, does things like raise the right kind of acid in your stomach. It helps you digest your food. It helps you disperse fats. It helps the gallbladder work because the gallbladder puts bile out to protect the stomach, you know, and also so it helps, the, you know, the fat metabolism. Um, and it helps the liver do a detoxification process and it's a diuretic. You know, so it hits a lot of like, you know, um, banging the, the mark on the wall more than what people think. And so if you can, if you don't like lemon, use lime, you know, but it's orange juice is like the orange part of it's out of the question. <laughs> That's a no, no. And that, and also really like taking a time to like read a label, you know, and don't put any sugar, extra sugar in anything that you eat. Um, get it out of your house. Just don't buy it, throw it away. Uh, it's not, it's something that you could probably have in your shelf for 20 years and it would still be there in the same form. It doesn't go bad. So you've got to think about that, you know, and people should be mindful also on a health hack and like, you know, vinegar, we talk uh, cider vinegar as a good cleaning tool. It makes your bathroom walls shine, you know, in the, in the, um, in the shower. And it's good for a lot of reasons. It does the same thing that lemon does. So if you don't want to take lemon, you could put the cider vinegar capsule in your water. And, you know, it does things. You can gargle with it when you have a sore throat. You can use it in cooking. You use it in your salad. Don't buy store-bought salad dressing. It has so many other things in it than what it says. Like if you read ingredients on blue cheese dressing, it's got to have more than five ingredients. I'll put five bucks on it for anybody. So it's, it's important to like read labels and it's important to start the day on a really good note. So if you're waking, if you wake up and you're feeling grumpy, turn your telephone on and listen to some binaural beats for 15 minutes. Something that makes you feel soothed. If you can't go to sleep, a health hack for going to sleep, and then I'm going to end it on this one, um, unless you have a specific uh, area you want me to think about. If you're thinking and you're ruminating about something, you really have to ask yourself a serious question, especially if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're trying to sleep and you're tossing and turning, tossing and turning. Okay, is it something that I can do something about right now? And if the answer is yes, then get up and do it. If the answer is no, write it down, you know, and give yourself permission to revisit it in the morning. So, you, you know, you're looking at it, you're going, oh, I can't, you know, it's like, oh, I, I really want to talk to Bill. I want, it's like, what do I want to say to him? Write Bill, write what you want to say to him, keywords, and then put it on that piece of paper next to your bed or dictate it into your telephone and look at it tomorrow in the morning and say, does this have the same weight it had at 2 o'clock in the morning? And was it worth it to lose sleep over and wake up feeling very sluggish? Because when you wake up sluggish, you don't think well. You know, all your food that you eat all day long is kind of just like floats. It <laughs> doesn't really, it, it's hard, it's harder to digest it, you know, that type of thing. And um, I think that's about it. I can think about the top of my head just for a simple health hacks. 
Those are great. That was, I'm gonna have to re-listen to this like 10 times because there was a lot of really, really good information there. Regarding a specific ask for a health hack, um, a lot of our listeners are young professionals and they sit in chairs a lot, all day long. That's including myself. What sort of health hacks would you say for, I guess specifically younger individuals, but I guess everyone regarding how you can deal with that and, and not get sick? Well, I think what you should do if you sit or you're very stable during the daytime a lot, I do it um, myself. You, you can first get up and set a timer and then you can just get up and start moving around. The thing is, is that you're so much more in flexion and forward that you've got to like figure out, well, how do I do that? So if you want to do a simple core strength exercise, that you're, you know, whoever's in your, next to you will kind of look at you and go like, what the heck are you doing? And you can just smile. You can put on a Motown song, like Diana Ross on or something like that, that's only a couple minutes. And what you do is you kind of bounce in place. You hmm. first just stand there and bring your heels off the ground. So if this is the floor, I would bring my heels off the ground, my toes are still there. And then while I'm doing that, I'm taking my hands slightly clenching them and putting them right at my waist and pumping down every time my heels come off the floor. Does that, can you visualize that? Yep. Yep. Okay. So then you do 50, you do 50 from the shoulders and you put your hands out that same pulse by your ears, over your head, back by your ears, back by your shoulders, and then back by your waist and then get sit back down again. I'll take a little walk and sit back down again. You eventually can do it so where your toes are coming off the ground so you're like this. Mm. You know, make sure you don't close your eyes <laughs> so you don't crash or something like that. Or if there's a file cabinet or something like that somewhere, you know, that you can have your hand near something so that you can stay stable. Um, if you can only do 50, because a lot of people have a hard time doing those, even friends of mine that are in good shape, they, you know, then just do what you can do. You know, start out doing, you know, I'm going to do 50 of them in this one position. And the next day, add, you know, 50 plus 25. Just keep on doing something. That's a really great thing because it, it looks silly in a way, um, uh, but it's very helpful. I was at a conference where this guy had 258 people get up and do that at the same time. And everyone was laughing so hard. And, you know, it's just like, while you're laughing, that laughing is so good for your soul anyway. So that, you know, it, it's just a, it's a good combination. You know, and you can put your headphones on so you don't have to, like, listen to whatever music. And just time it out. Just pick a mute song that has, like, two minutes and 50 minutes, two, three minutes, something like that. And, you know, and work up to that, um, work up doing that kind of bounce to that. So that's a really cool thing to do. And you don't have to go someplace, you know, and lay on the floor you know, or anything else like that. That's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing that every day. Take a picture. I want to see it. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> what, what can someone do to figure out if they're sick? Because one of the things you said is not many people know that they're sick. Is there a way to just identify it? I assume this is something that's talked about in your book. Well, I like to test and not guess. And so if somebody wants to test first and get a ballpark idea of what's going on in their health and get that health snapshot, then 
the questionnaire that's in my book is ideal because it will show you where your weakest health link and it will show you where your strongest health link is. And so when you can identify your weakest health link and there's a way to say like, okay, so what, what is it? And if you might have a lot of them, you've got to pick the biggest culprit. It's like when you're going to take, you know, when you're, um, as a chiropractor, I always used to explain to people when I start adjusting, I'm going to the biggest monster. So that would be your biggest monster cycle, like, you know, which, which is the one that it has more spokes going someplace to the other organ systems. And let's address that, take care of the symptoms and such. But to find out where you're at in your health, this is an ideal tool for anyone to have. And it's also an ideal tool for someone to use it as an advocating tool. Because you can certainly say nobody that I've ever met, and I've had a lot of medical reviews on this, nobody that I've ever met said that question doesn't ask about that, that organ system. So it will, and, and knowing what's going on is better peace of mind because a lot of people, by the age that they're 50, it was in one statistic that I read um, is that uh, the average 50-year-old person is taking up to five meds. And so that's a lot because when you take the first one, they're giving it hoping that it takes care of your high blood pressure. But when they give you that, it causes another problem. And then suddenly you have this water retention. And then they give you another pill because now you're clotting and they don't want you to clot and, have, and stroke out. Do you know in 1984, I think it is that the um, American Heart Association told everybody to take an aspirin for their heart. And aspirin is great for the heart, but it's not great for your blood vessels. And that year is the year that they started seeing more strokes in this country. And so it's just like that aspirin relationship to a blood vessel blowing out is very uh, correlated with that same time that they were like, you know, making that huge recommendation. And, you know, something that people don't know either is they really don't know how sick people are. If the statistics correct, well, a third of the population has some type of chronic ailment, heart disease, obesity. Um, people who are pre-diabetic don't even know they have pre-diabetes. So you have people walking around that are sick and don't know it. Um, and then you have Alzheimer's. And all those, um, all those diseases have one thing in common, and that's inflammation. So if you can get into, somebody might have, you know, heart disease, but that's not where the inflammation's at. The inflammation might have came from the gut. And then the liver couldn't process uh, detoxification very well. So instead of being able to, because the gut was impaired, instead of being able to kick those toxins out of the system, they got kicked back into a gut, which was impaired, and got recycled back into the body. So when the liver gets so overwhelmed like that, it stores those toxins in blood, brain, bone, and fat. So if you're, you know, there's, there's ways that I know of, and I know very good product that takes care of 26 toxins, things that are labeled as toxins, like heavy metals, because everyone has heavy metals in this country, and to be able to take care of those things and get them out of your system. Like food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big causes. It's a chain reaction. If you, if you're not taking the correct thing to solve your ailment and solve another issue, that's a, probably a, one of the biggest issues you've seen. Yeah. Well, how many of your friends, like you have friends that want to do detox, right? They're yeah. like, Oh, I, I need to like wash my food. I'm going to detox for a month and blah, blah, blah. 
Well, the problem with doing detoxes is that a lot of the products out there have a tendency to purge your liver. You never want to do that. You, it's like you want to tonify the liver so the liver does its job better so that, you know, and you want to fix your gut. So before you would ever want to do a detox, you would definitely want to answer the gut chapter in this book so that you know what the health is of that or else when you go to detox, that's why people feel like crap. It's because those toxins are recycling again and again. And when the liver can't handle it, because the function of the liver is to detox, is it's A1, A function. Um, and when it no longer can do that and it gets overwhelmed, it stores that stuff, like I said, in blood, brain, bone, and fat. And so, you know, anybody that wants to do a detox, they should talk to me first, <laughs> for sure. I have another questionnaire that tells you whether or not you're a candidate to, to do a detox first. And then if you are, then you can go back and you can take a look at like what the gut's doing and then you can tidy that information together and then choose the right product for you because not every product. I do personalized and individualized medicine. So those things that I choose for somebody is very, it's based upon their very unique bio identity. So I'm definitely going to have to recommend them to speak with you before they do the detox. I'll remember that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And read the book. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's a, it's a, it's a great investment, you know, for a resource tool um, for your health. It will pay, it, you will be, anybody who does buys this book will be happy that they do that just so that they get their basis and they know what they're working from. Regarding becoming a physician uh, from a career aspect, what advice would you give younger individuals interested in the many opportunities in becoming a physician? I just recently did a webinar for 17 and 18 year old kids that were graduating from high school and junior achievement. And it was a lot of fun. So I had a lot of really interesting questions. And that actually was a question that somebody asked me. And so I would say you have to have a love of science and because you have to take so many science courses and you have to really have a love of really helping people. And there's a lot of different niches and, you know, and as far as like helping people because there's geriatrics, there is OBGYN, you know, but I would say to anybody who's young where the, you'll have more impact and helping sick people get well and well people to maintain their wellness is focus on becoming a very good diagnostician and a good GP as general practitioner because there aren't any. <laughs> there are so many specialists out there. It's like putting the cart before the horse or putting the cart before the horse and the horse still not having the harness on. And if I was going to tell someone who was young and they wanted to get into medicine, that would be the biggest gift because you would have the ability to um, take a look at the big picture, you know, and take care of those issues that are present immediately. And then when they don't clear out, then go to a specialist. Because a lot of times people go to the specialist and the guy said, well, I don't know anything about that. Go to this guy over here. And then that's why people end up taking so many drugs and they're still so sick. You know, and a lot of people don't move, you know, so the, the second patient that I ever had, just to interject this, I asked her what she did for exercise at 92 years old. And this was my second patient in clinic when I was a student. And uh, she said, well, Dr. Pat, she was from Atlanta, Georgia, and she had this beautiful southern accent. She says, I take my Dixie cup and I go out and I water 
my plants. And I went, how many plants do you have? I thought she was going to say like 10, something like this. And she had 150. And so you think about how many trips, that 300 trips that she had to take out into the backyard. And she said, and she goes, Dr. Pat, I just learned a long time ago that if you don't move, you're going to die. So that's why it's so important to, like we were talking about sitting at a desk, sitting too long, doing something. That's why they have you on the plane. They give you those exercises for your ankles, you know, and tell you to stand up periodically and walk around. You know, there's a reason for all that. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Moving is super important. I've realized that since I started this, this desk job where mm -hmm. it's so important. I, even at a young age when I'm, I, as I think, not sick and relatively healthy, I know how important movement is. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's the first thing that kids do, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. You know, that's for sure. And if anyone wanted to follow you, connect with you, ask you a bunch of questions, where would the best place be to do so? Well, for one thing, I'm on LinkedIn and my name, Dr. Pat Ballone. So that's a good place to find me. I have a Facebook um, page, Ask Dr. Pat. And then I have an Instagram account, which is the same kind of thing as Facebook. And I also have my webpage, which is healthteamnetwork.com. There's numerous ways with, you know, how to reach out to me there. And there's some gifts there. There's some uh, reading material suggestions there. There is a lot of really good, um, there's, there's a lot of good information on both. And my email's on there uh, so people can reach out, you know, that way also. It's a good way to do it. And if you buy the book, it's in the appendix, everything that I'm saying right now. Amazing. Thank you again so much for featuring on the show so much information was dispersed here. I am very excited to be able to release this and re-listen to it myself because a lot of little tips and tricks talked about here and I can't even imagine how much more the book has. Yeah, well the only last tip I'm gonna give you because we talked about water is to make sure you drink 50% of your body weight. 50% of body weight. Wow. And we can leave it on that. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I'll have to do that quick calculation real quick. And I'll start drinking a ton of water. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. And make sure to share this with your friends. If you haven't done it yet, give us a follow on Spotify and Instagram at aspire underscore inquire to take on the journey with us. That being said, stay tuned to next Thursday because you will not be disappointed. Peace.